Cool. Yeah. Andy, the intro then. Oh, we don't even, I don't think we even need to bother with an intro. We'll just start because we've been away for so long. Right. Right, okay, cool. Midcard Mark's third birthday. Well, would you look at that? Everybody wants to celebrate. Hulk Hogan here, wishing you a very happy Hulkamania birthday. Stay young, my brother. What you gonna do? Happy birthday, Midcard Mark's. Happy birthday to you. Best part about it. Hello and welcome to I was going to say this week's, but it's been that long and out of date now. It's like this month's uh, edition of the Mid Card Marks Wrestling Podcast. We are back. Craigie Buff, how are you? I'm good. Back for our biannual podcast. Yeah, we are. We promise we're going to be a lot more um, frequent. Uh, there's been a lot of stuff going on. We came, we chose to come back at this point because this is roughly our three year anniversary now. So I it thought is. it was a good time, rather than coming back like two or three weeks ago, it's actually a good time to come back and kind of relaunch or debut, re-debut as uh, what Matt Riddle would say, mm. debut debut. Buff, three years going strong, we're, we're doing well. This is episode like 134 or something now, isn't it? Actually, I can't even remember what episode we're on, but yeah, we're definitely in treble figures, so it's not bad for two guys for, you know, central Scotland. Exactly. Yeah. So we, don't really, the, we don't really know what we're doing when it comes to recording. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But I mean, there's been a lot of stuff going on, which, is, which has put the kibosh on us doing podcasts more frequently. I mean, uh, I've got engaged. I've got a dog yep. now, which has taken up a lot of time. And you've had a lot of stuff. Congratulations. Yep. Engagements and yep. birthdays and all that sort of yeah, shit. Yeah, well. just that's a problem with having a lot of family when, um, from my side and your partner's side. Just a lot of things going on. We've had, we've had weddings, we've had funerals, we've had. Uh, christenings coming up, you know, uh, community, uh, no, community uh, baptisms. Sorry, I meant to say a baptism. That was what it was. Uh, just, just like everything. Um, birthdays as well. You know, not just normal birthdays like um, milestone birthdays, etc. So just be a lot on, um, and also try to put money away for like going on holidays and all that as well. And just um, working away like a total slave to try and earn those pennies. But you know, um, so everything's starting to come back into order again. We'll still be busy, but overall, a lot more free time coming up, so plenty of time to get back to podcasting, and not a better time to do it, I think, as well, the wrestling world is starting know, it needs to needs us, Buff, it needs us, it needs us to come back. <laughs> I think I think at one point as well, I mean, a lot of people feel this and agree, I mean, especially people who, like myself, usually mostly watch just WWE, if you can watch all the other wrestlings, and, you know, great, um, so there's a lot of variety there, but... 
Um, sometimes you just don't get the opportunity. And for myself, I mainly watch WWE, and you can get totally fatigued at times. And Raw and SmackDown, um, you know, the first part of this year has been absolutely terrible. Um, overall, there's been bits here and there which I've enjoyed, but I mean, it was just terrible overall. Um, but you know, recently starting to pick up a little bit. Not perfect, but. I mean, so I guess we don't want to be negative. But yeah. I was going to say, given the fact that we've kind of been absent for nearly three months, I think we, we did that. We were up until after WrestleMania, what we saw the given July. It's about three months, so it's a quarter of a year. Given that, what? Why don't you? And then I'll do it. Why don't you give a, a brief couple of points on the main things that you have either watched or have notable before we get into kind of this week in wrestling kind of stuff because obviously extreme rules happened this week we can talk about that in a bit more current but over the last three months without going over and over stuff just a couple of points in each mm-hmm. either federation or wrestler things that have caught your eye or you know caught your attention um well you know WWE been one of the most obvious things for me has been watching the, the development of Bray Wyatt's new character I've really enjoyed that I love stuff that's why the Undertaker is my favourite wrestler. I always like the kind of kind of supernatural, mysterious, psychological type stuff with wrestlers. Brings a bit of you know intrigue, interest, something different. You know, I've always enjoyed that. So I've enjoyed the evolution of Bray Wyatt's character, and we finally saw him on TV this week. Quite confident that so far they've done it quite well, and it's looking good so far. We'll see how that goes. Um, what else have enjoyed? I've enjoyed. The match quality, should I say, for a lot of matches that have been on show. So although the, the storylines aren't there yet in a lot of cases, um, there has been a lot of great matches. Um, too many to mention, won't go through them all, but you've got a lot of talented guys in WWE right now who maybe don't get the best storylines or haven't got time to develop their storylines, but they do have the talent or they wouldn't be there in the first place. You know, guys like Andrade's one of them had a lot of great matches. Even Seth has had quite a few great matches. You know, there's just a lot of guys there. Um, Buddy Murphy's get put on his SmackDown. Puts on a lot of great matches. Um, Cesaro's getting another push. Always been a great wrestler. Alistair Black. Who else do we have coming up at the same time? So just, just uh, I won't go on forever about it, but you know, there's been a lot of new matches on show. Maybe not necessarily storylines, but matches. So I've enjoyed that. What I didn't enjoy, I didn't enjoy, I'm not sure, you enjoyed it all. You thought it's all great. No, it's just, just trying to put my finger on something specifically I didn't enjoy. What I didn't enjoy, the fact that the pyro's still not back. That's what I love about AEW. The pyro. No pyro, <laughs> no party. So, yeah, if you want me to mention the AEW, um, I'll give them a big shout out for their pyro, you know. At least they've got pyro. Just just to kind of move then, since you're kind of like, rather than you scrambling, trying to mm. think of stuff, just to try and push it all a little bit. Like AEW then, obviously... When we were last doing the podcast, I think we actually, to be fair, we were actually in May because I remember us talking just before the AEW pay-per-view. I think that's the last time we did a podcast. So about two months, two and a half months. Now that they've had three shows and, you know, you've had a bit more time to kind of either pay attention to it if you've not watched it all or judge the product sort of thing. What has been, like, if you're giving them a, a, a mark, Maybe you know like a pass mark. How how you think they're doing so far? Now this is obviously they're going to have their weekly t- TV mm. show coming up. I think August September time. So that will be the real test. But what have you? What are your take home points from what you have seen, if any at all? Um. Well, I've enjoyed the look of the whole thing. Obviously, they've got their pyro. I've, I enjoy seeing different arenas. It's one thing we've always moaned about with WWE. Every arena looks the same. I mean, look at Extreme Rules. It just looked like a, an episode of Raw. Is, is there's no difference at all in the set. 
apart from the LED screen was a little bit different. So I liked that it. it's in different areas, different arenas. I didn't get a chance to watch the fight. So I, I keep forget. I always get mixed up with Transformers movie. You said that a few minutes ago, the fight of the fall and whatever it was called. Yep. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't get to see that, but I did see the arena and it looked pretty cool. Apparently it was, it was based on some some movie or something or some scene right. from a movie. Uh, I need to look at I'd leave, um, any marks out there. Will maybe know what I'm talking about. And I've got it, I've got it totally wrong, but they do know what I'm talking about. It's based on something, something that um, Tony Khan has seen somewhere—a musical or a or a movie or something—and uh, they've replicated that for that pay per view. So yeah, in terms of matches, it's a lot of fresh matches. A lot of people you haven't seen fight each other before. So yeah, it's, it's fresh. It's, it's up to date. And it's promising so far. The only thing is they've not had a lot of storylines developed as such, but I mean that's hard to do if you're not going to have a weekly proper show yet. I think they have they still have their weekly episodes of the elite and stuff, but obviously it's it's not enough to properly develop stories. But once they start their weekly show, we'll see that happen. So I'm not going to judge them on that yet. You get people uh, on the marks out in the internet fan pages and stuff, you know, all the forums and all that are all arguing about who's the better brand right now and Blah blah blah, and it's like there's there's no comparison between the two really. Just now, each brand is doing its mm-hmm. own thing. Um, so that's a little bit. That's, that's a little bit irritating with Cody's. I've seen a lot of what Cody's been saying recently. Seems to be like you know taking to fight WWE all the time and stuff right now. And I think you, you shouldn't be concentrating on that. Just concentrating what they're doing with AEW and forget about WWE because they're not going to beat WWE not for a long time. So just concentrate on what they're doing, get it right, and you know there's no competition with each other. Just just get on with it. But Overall, it's fresh. It's good for wrestling, so I'm happy with it. Okay. And in the world of wrestling, either you know legends or other promotions, have you been paying attention to anything? Has anything caught your eye over those three months? Not this week, but well, like, um... I suppose we should briefly mention them. Um, but I wasn't really watching it such. But um, a lot of people will know, so um, we'll say R.I.P. to Lionheart and ICW. Um, so a lot of wrestling fans out there will. Maybe not know him as such, but have heard of him. Um, especially anyone in Scotland that's listening will definitely know who he is. He was one of the ICW's main guys for years and years. Um, don't know what happened, really. Suspect it was suicide, we heard. Some rumours maybe saying that even it might have been long-term effects of that um, movie took from AJ Styles away back. Took a Styles clash, broke yep. his neck. And everybody, as all wrestling fans and marks know, something like that puts you on borrowed time. When you break a neck in wrestling, you've only got X amount of years left. Most of the time, guys like Austin and Edge, amongst a few. So I think that's possibly the rumour is that he maybe was told that his time was up, or just about up. And that's maybe why he went into a depression, possibly. But, I mean, we're only speculating. We don't know for certain, but it would make sense if you think about it, if that's what it was. It's so funny, given given Lionheart is probably the biggest news that's not um, American-related, his passing. I... I've never been a huge fan. I, I can't yeah. lie and start sucking out. I've, I've always thought he was trying to be The Rock mm. and trying to be Stone Cold at the same time. Never a huge... I, I appreciated him. I thought he was a decent wrestler. He obviously had talent in the ring and, and whatnot, but I've never been a massive fan. But I just find it so funny like how odd it is now watching that. We, we talked about it in the podcast in the previous weeks in the build-up to our last episode that we did. The BBC kind of X Factor wrestling documentary mm-hmm. thing that they did, and he was one of the coaches. And it's so sad just kind of watching that back and thinking, you know, obviously he's had these mental issues, and it was very, I think, poignant. His last tweet mm-hmm. uh, was quite significant. Um, if I can just get it back up, but you know, he obviously the, the the thing in terms of 
you know, to put it in context, you know, ICW's a big Scottish promotion and he was the, the world champion there. You know, it's Drew McIntyre and other guys have held that belt and so to think that mm. he's he's done now, you know. Um but his last quote was from a TV show Afterlife by Ricky Gervais, which is a superb show by the way. I've I seen recommend it. it. It's quite good. I've seen it. I can't wait till next season actually. <laughs> but I mean you know, to see he posted this the day before he you know, he took his his life. Uh, you know, one day you'll eat your last meal, you'll smell your last flower, you'll hug your friend for the last time. You might not know it's the last time. That's why you must do everything you love with passion. Hashtag afterlife. So to think that you know that's been going on mm-hmm. in his head, and then what comes up after it, you know, it's very very eerie. Yeah. You know, rest in peace, Lionheart. You know, he, he did have good feuds and things. He was just never a, a favourite. I'm not. Yeah, never a favourite of mine either. I, would, I wouldn't ever put him down as one of my favourites, but I do respect him. You know, he's what he was one of the main guys there for a long time. And at one point, he was quite promising when um, he did have a, a TNA try at one point, didn't he? Yeah, um, he never... Jarrett, that was to be honest. That's the first time I came across the Scottish wrestling. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had tried with TNA round about the time we started going to watch ICW with Chris and, and Reese and you know other alumni of the mid card mark. Yeah, so. I did. I remember hearing about it and I was like, "That's a cool name." And then, obviously, looking at him, I always thought Lionheart. The name didn't quite fit his mm-hmm. look. You think Lion, you think Shaggy Mane, and all that. And he's a bald guy, but no, rest in peace, Lionheart. Yeah. Um, on my side, then uh, I, I guess I'll just quickly kind of cover WWE over the last three months. And what I've watched, I have really taken on a big sabbatical from WWE, and it's weird because I would say up until. December. I mean, that's anyone that's listened know that I I kind of took a a month off in December because I thought it was so poor, and I mm. thought you know Christmas time and all that. I'll take a month off, come back in January, and I did. And I I went back and watched every every week in the build up to WrestleMania, and you know it did get better. You know Dave coming back and all that sort of stuff. But since mm. you stopped doing the podcast, I think I have not watched one episode of Raw or SmackDown. I've watched the pay per views. I did. Watched Extreme Rules and I thought it was decent. We'll, we'll come to that in a wee minute though. But um, in the three months, the only things that I have tried to watch, like you say, were the Bray Wyatt segments. But I, I, I quickly cottoned on that if I Googled them mm-hmm. or Twitter, I could just watch that segment. And because he's not actually on the show, that was it. Yeah. And there's other things that were quite entertaining that just sort of died away. I mean, does anyone remember Sami Zayn's pops at the crowd and all that? What Which was quite that? it was it was quite good at the time, and then it just kind of you know just went nowhere. I think a, a lot of what um, people are complaining about with WWE just now, uh, and myself included, them I, I'm not enjoying it. Is all the Shane McMahon stuff at the moment? It's wearing down thin. I would disagree. I actually enjoy it because the whole point of him, he, he's probably the biggest heel in the company mm. at the moment. He's the only guy that gets a reaction. And to be fair, how I, I was going to say the other good thing. I'm, I'm I'm slightly on the fence about it, but the Kevin Owens, yeah, don't call Steve Austin version two. So the fact that he's going against Shane, yeah, is helping that character no end. So yeah. I, I get what you're saying, like no, I was feel sick pain, but I was going to say that I, I wasn't enjoying it at all up until the last couple of weeks when I've started doing this Kevin Owens stuff, and now I'm starting to enjoy it just now. Um, but for the months before. I just wasn't really. It started with the Miz at WrestleMania, mm-hmm. um, and that kind of died to death. And it just, it just kind of got annoying for me after that for a while. Um, the whole best in the world thing and all that. It just, 
just wasn't enjoying it very much. Um, but I started enjoying it the last few weeks. It has been good. The thing that I'm hoping for is for a, I mean, I've talked about it for ages, is a four horsemen type faction led by Shane. And it's going to have Drew McIntyre, Elias, and the revival in it. Mm-hmm. I think that'd be quite the, the only thing is you don't have an out and out charismatic leader. You know, you've got, you know, Drew's the enforcer badass kind of guy, kind of like when they had Sid or Barry Windham or, you know, the kind of bigger guy back in the day. And then you've got your cool tag team that are great wrestlers, which is Arn Anderson, Tully Blanchard. And then you've got, you know, you've, you've got your Ric Flair guy. And a, a, Elias doesn't quite fit that, even though he's got great persona mm-hmm. but i would love them to try and come up with a kind of faction like that i think that's you know working along the, the lines of that yeah and um, the other things that i thought were sorry I've, i'm gonna to have to close uh-huh. this door here because we have a new addition rogue to the house which makes a lot of noise uh, the other things about wwe that i've enjoyed I've got to say, NXT is still good, but it's in a tra- you can tell it's in a transitional phase. There's guys coming yeah. in. I really, really in- like the concept that they've got with this tournament, with the guys, like the kind of new guys tournament, the breakout or what it's called. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's a good way to introduce guys that you might not necessarily have a storyline for. And it's a good way to kind of like let them kind of just get introduced to the crowd slowly. It's a complete rip-off. I mean, Ring of Honor do it already but it's, it's a, I think it's a, it's a good idea and things like that are the right way to go because I think NXT is in a weird phase at the moment I don't know I don't know how to explain it but it's just one of those things that happens that they get purged the talent all the time um, it goes in cycles and they need to start building up again which is what they're trying to do now and I think they might they might lose the undisputed era soon as well. So yeah. I um, find it interesting though that this is now a, a slight trend reversing, whereas guys who and they should have done this a long time ago, guys that aren't quite working out on the main roster are coming back. I think Tyler Breeze come back and now Killian Dane's come back. Paulus Cruz is back for maybe a match. We don't know if it's a long term thing or not, but it's it's an interesting time that it seems like it's almost becoming a, a, a third brand on its own mm-hmm. rather than I don't know, so it's one to watch. Well, apparently the rumour is that um, Fox are demanding that NXT gets put on once a week on a Wednesday night to go alongside when AEW broadcast. So there is a rumour that NXT could be going alongside whatever show AEW produces in the near future. Smackdown, yeah. want, Smackdown want a weekly show. So, uh, it's not Smackdown, sorry, Fox want a weekly show. Um, they realise the the popularity of NXT and the potential for it to become something even bigger. So they've they've asked for that. So that might happen, which is interesting. But I quite like the fact that it's only on the network as well. We've had that I think we've had that conversation as well. But you know, but it'd be interesting to see how that goes. Obviously now I've not had a chance to watch it yet, but I, I am a fan of a tenth anniversary uh, show on WWE. Uh, and this is going to be a bit more current in terms of uh, talking about the AEW slash debate because some AEW marks were saying that WWE purposefully put this show on the same night as the you know the AEW show that was just on to try and like take away viewers and all that sort of stuff. I don't believe that because AEW do this all uh, sorry Evolve do this all the time where they'll run three pay-per-view shows over a weekend every X amount of weeks. I can't I don't know if it's if it's monthly but they'll do you know so that was Evolve 135 I think it was a 130 and then they'll do on the Friday night, they'll do Evolve 128 and then Evolve 129 Saturday and then Evolve 130 is the Sunday mm. sort of thing. 
So the WWE have got a big link with Evolve, you know, um, so a lot of talents going between them. It looks like I think this is WWE testing uh, another comfort on their network. Mm-hmm. So I think if Evolve, if that show gets a lot of viewers, you will see Evolve Wrestling on the WWE network consistently. The same as you'll probably see ICW and yeah. Progress Wrestling in England. Well, we've, we've been waiting on this. Time. We've been waiting on this for a while, haven't we? So, but the danger um, is it's going to make it. What, what I've been hearing is going to make it a tier mm-hmm. team. So you're yeah. obviously going to have to pay additional money, a bit like what uh, Netflix are mm-hmm. slyly trying to do which, just now. With which is show. maybe fair enough because. I mean, it's up to us whether we want to do that or not. And if we want to watch these other shows, these other brands, and just for the same price, it's a lot to expect for the price we're already paying, which is very decent in itself. And my, I would my, hope that my fear about it, just, to, yeah. just you, you're making a good point there for, for the additional for the other brands. My mm-hmm. fear about it is that they make them the lower tier, and then they make the pay per views and the WWE mm-hmm. stuff. The higher tier, which I—I I mean, like I say, I'm a fan of. I watch it every single time, but that you know, I do mm. watch it regularly. I loved the Johnny Gargano period when they had all the guys. Basically, the two hundred five live roster is all uh, guys from Evolve, mm-hmm. and you had Drew McIntyre and Chris Hero and all that were all there as well. You know, they had lots of guys that were in a really cool faction sort of thing. So, um, Matt Riddle as well. Uh, yeah. So the, all the all these guys came from there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm totally down for that. But my, my concern is what they do. Because I can see the writing on the wall with the tier and payment mm-hmm. system and all that. So yeah. if anyone with the network, yes. I'll be interested to see how they go then. But yeah, there is potential to be quite good, but potential obviously to go that way as well, financially hit you in the pocket. My hope would be that if they did do a tiered payment scheme, um, that these other companies, I mean, they're going to get benefit of it anyway. They're going to get exposure, but I hope that they get a bit of financial security through it as well. If they're going to increase the price. I hope it's not like all going to WWE. I hope WWE kind of distribute it a little bit as well, you know. As, well, they've got a history you know, of this WWE. If you think so, Gabe Sapolsky, the guy who owns, runs, and books Evolve, mm-hmm. he is one of the guys who's the writers for NXT. Yeah, which is why this relationship's getting closer and closer. But if you think really, if you think back to the even the nineteen nineties, WWE did this with uh, Smoky Mountain Wrestling with Jim Cornette. Mm-hmm. So they have a history of doing these things, and they've done it with Memphis Wrestling with Jim uh, with Jerry the King Lawler. If anyone wants to kind of YouTube, uh, there's some amazing stuff with Mister McMahon, the character before nineteen ninety eight, ninety nine with Steve Austin. Mister McMahon was an evil heel character in Memphis Wrestling. So basically every single week against Jerry, when Jerry King Lawler was a heel on WWE TV, he was a big face in Memphis, and every song, like every week or every month, Vince McMahon would do a promo and send a WWE wrestler as a heel to come and try and beat Jerry Lawler mm-hmm. in Memphis wrestling sort of thing. It was a cool, it was a cool storyline, man, but um, it, there's some clips on it on YouTube and stuff, and it was like, if you want to see Vince McMahon before he became the evil Vince McMahon character, this, this was it. So, um, yeah, there's things like that. Move, moving on to AEW, I'm mm. really torn with AEW because I, I'm so pleased that there's like a big-time competitor. I, I thought the, the the first show that they did was great. There was a lot to enjoy about it. Uh, I feel the, the, the praise of it was way over the top, basically, like I was trying to say. If you've got six months to mm-hmm. plan something and you don't need to plan anything else, mm-hmm. it's going to be amazing. Whereas WWE, if you're planning five, six shows plus a pay-per-view, yeah. week in, week out, week in, week out, week in. You, you it's also going to affect quality match quality as well because, yeah. um, as we've brought out before, uh, pointed out before, NXT is great, 
but NXT benefits from the fact that their wrestlers don't have an intensive schedule that they do so much as what they do on the main rosters. And guys in the AEW roster are not going to have an intensive schedule like they do on their own SmackDown rosters. And previously, I mean, I know Shane's doing a weekly storyline um, every week right now, but I mean, even Shane's McMahon has had criticism in the past with other wrestlers that he can pull off these stunts that he does because he only wrestles infrequently. He's not wrestling week in, week out. So it's easy for... I'm not saying it's easy to put on a wrestle match. I mean, we're, I mean, if it was that easy, we'd be doing it ourselves. But it's in terms of if you're in that profession and you do that, that's that's your job. Uh, it's a lot easier to put on a much higher quality of match and fresh storylines and make it appear fresh if you're not doing it every single week. See, another thing I'd like to point out, you and know, this is something that... That's when the real test at AEW will come into play. When they come into a weekly show, this will be the real yeah, test of that's them. That's what I'm saying. Like the, the pressure to come up with a, a good weekly show well yeah. we tell uh, but that, that that's something a lot of people criticise Vince McMahon and whoever else for the NXT guys that get called up yeah. to the main roster but this is something I'd like to point out it's just a little thing but if you if you actually watch it when people make their entrances on the NXT ramp and it gets a huge pop they've only got was it like 15 feet to walk so mm-hmm. the entrance pose that they do and all that sort of thing, and then they're quickly in the ring. See when these guys transition to coming out in their entrances on Raw or SmackDown, it flops because these guys don't know what else to do because they've got longer to walk. It's a bigger stadium or big bigger arena for people to see their intro, and it doesn't have the same effect, so the crowd is a lot quieter. Like a case in point, Alistair Black and Ricochet. So Ricochet, you know, he kind of stands there with his hood down and then the blue and red strobe lights come over him and his hands up. And then he could basically just quickly run into the ring and do a flip and land. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alistair Black would do the, you know, the, the coffin thing. Not not the coffin, but like he's lying down and he gets raised mm-hmm. up. When he, I was watching him at the Extreme Rules pay-per-view and he did that and then he walked onto the the ramp and he just walked down. But it looked like he needed a shite. Like he was walking <laughs> kinda he was trying to be like badass, but he's like his legs were spread and he's just walked awkwardly. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you think uh other guys that they do Mike, certain Mike, poses Mike, in Mike cut that wee bit out and put it at the start of the podcast. He was walking <laughs> to the ring like he was needing a shite. That'll be that'll be one that'll be one yeah. of the clips. But <laughs> but it's like they're a bit deer in the headlights because it's almost like they've been shown what to do in NXT to get a pop mm-hmm. whether we pose at the start and then when they get in the ring they know what to do a pose like I say you know Ricochet jumps in the ropes and lands and all that sort of stuff but between the ramp, the, the stage and the actual ring they kind of just they look a bit lost yeah. and they kind of lose the crowd so I, I think there's a there's a wee I don't know, production tweaking thing, but that's up to those guys. Like, I always remember, like, Chris Jericho in WCW would actually, like, kind of, like, put his back into the crowd to get people to pat him on the chest and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. There's wee things like that, that he wrote in his book that he would do to try and make himself stand out. And I just feel that as much as you criticise the writers and all that, there's wee things that guys could be doing in those little situations that could try and emphasise that they stand out a bit more. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that makes sense or not. But I think that's um I'm not the greatest tag team in the world or anything. Um but one tag team and I think I said at the time it's it's quite surprising how some some talent in um NXT aren't quite that great on NXT that they get the main roster and they're actually they suit it so well. And it's the 
heavy machinery. I've made a great adaption for the NXT to the main roster so far. And a lot of you stick to the comedy stuff for Dozovic. But one thing that they do well as well, if you watch their matches, is that they pump the crowd up. Mm-hmm. They, they they do a lot of... The guy who's not tagged in does a lot of interaction with the crowd. You know, just the simple things like, you know, doing a little foot stamp, you know, waving their hands about, get the crowd chanting stuff, you know. Dozovic does a bit of the comedy routine stuff and all that. So they're quite good at winding the crowd up and getting them involved. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, as we've said before, the wrestling crowd can be a simple crowd. Sometimes all you need is a simple catchphrase or something simple to get them involved, you know, participation. Um, so, yeah, the heavy machinery have made a, a good adaption to the main roster because they are quite good at getting audience participation in yeah. their matches, which is is quite great. Because on the other hand, look at the, I don't even know what you call them anymore, the Viking Experience, Where the War Raiders, the War Machine. The well, they've been on it the last few weeks, but they're just doing the Beat typical job or stuff I've seen in the past, like, Braun Strowman's done before, like, or you can go through a list of people, yeah. but you know what I mean. Um, Ashka and you know, like when she first came up, and so they're doing that whole tired routine, which is it's just counterproductive in the long term because fans are just bored, and we know they're a great yeah. tag team. We know that how entertaining they can be from NXT, but you know the name change killed them, though. The name change killed them, and they don't seem to get the audience kind of involved a lot because their heels. So maybe it is a little bit unfair on them at the moment. I mean, it's just they are a victim of what they've been given so far, I would say. So there is still potential for them. But that's what I mean, the contrast. They've not made a great adaption so far, but heavy machinery have because a lot of heavy machinery's act has crowd participation. So that's a big thing for a lot of these people to have. I tell you, one of the things that they really need to bring back is managers, I just think. Mm. And like valleys, like... I had this conversation with Carol actually. She asked me the other day because she caught me watching the Extreme Rules and I hadn't watched any WWE for a while. And she was kind of like, So, what's kind of, you know, is this why you're not doing the podcast as much? And, is, is, you know, what's kind of put you away from it, sort of thing? And I'm like, See, to be honest, there's just, I don't have a favourite anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, when I, even up till Chris Jericho and Christian, these these were guys like that. That's my, my favourite guys. And the, the roster wasn't my favourites of all time, but. I was like, there's nobody on the show that I'm like, he, uh, even if he's, as long as he's on the show, I just need to watch him. And I'm like, there's other things as well. I'm like, I get the whole, you know, modern society and all that, but the 18 the year old fan in me that loved the Attitude Era, right? There is room for some big titted hot bird who's not going to wrestle. He's mm-hmm. a bit of eye candy and is going to be there and like serves the purpose of it as a distraction. Mm-hmm. I mean, Deborah, Sable, blah blah blah. But there's also the role of, you know, we snivelling, squeaky, heelish managers that, you know, th- these these are things mm. that are not why why have they left? I feel as though um and why has her name totally escaped me for a se- for a second. I feel as though um uh Thingy's doing it very well at the moment, maybe unintentionally, but she suits the role quite well. Ah, she came from NXT and she's fighting Becky Lynch. And why have I forgotten her name? Lacey totally Evans. Blank. Ah, Lacey Evans. Lacey Evans is doing that quite well at the moment. I think you know she fits the Vince McMahon mold of the, as you were saying, big titty Bond type. But, but, no, but no, no, she doesn't because what I'm saying is, why can't we have just their icon? No wrestlers. Why do they all mm-hmm. have to wrestle? The same with mm-hmm. the men. Why can't we have male managers? Mm-hmm. We do, we don't need everybody on the road. Like there can be space for managers, mm-hmm. and that's what that's what frustrates me. And this is going to segue on to AEW, actually. AEW have announced uh, a big signing for me, which I, I was really excited about, that 
Sean Spears, aka the Perfect Ten, Ty Dillinger, has announced that he's getting a manager in AEW, and it's none mm-hmm. other than Holly Blanchard, which I think I've is seen that actually, yeah. odd, but amazing if that's mm-hmm. the kind of thing they want to go for. Well, that's, that's what worked for um, um, Offers of Pain uh, when they had Paul Ellering. As soon and as he left, they have died. Been, they've went nowhere, you know. Drake Maverick's doing great now with the 24-7 title. 24-7 title's been hilarious recently, but I mean, putting Drake Maverick as their manager was a, a joke. Is it? Is, I, don't, right. I, I just don't think at all. When Drake Maverick was great in TNA, when he was EC3's like bitch boy, mm. that it wasn't a manager. He was like he's kind of hype man. See what like, Leo Rush was doing. Mm-hmm. He was like that, except it was a comedy one. He wasn't trying to be serious. He was like you know basically like a, an ass kisser. Bit like um, anyone that remembers when the Miz had Alex Riley like that. Mm-hmm. And that is again something that's missing in wrestling. His his missus would uh, actually be a good valley, but um, she actually does wrestle as well. Uh, Renee Michelle, her name is. She, yeah. Apparently, she was on the first um, May Young Classic. Um, but Perfect. but she, she doesn't suit his character. I know they're married in real life, all the time, but she doesn't suit his character as such as a valley. She suits the storyline just with the twenty four seven title and all that. I mean, it's funny, but she actually would be a great valley for other wrestlers. Mm-hmm. Just not our, just not our actual husband. <laughs> there is, there is a a, a shimmer of uh, hope though in NXT. There is managers slowly but surely coming back. I don't know if, if you've been paying attention, but uh, another evolve. I don't want to call it legend, but he's he's a big time player in evolve. Stokely Hathaway, who is a he's basically like a black kind of. Trying to think of a comparison, not not his race, but like a, he was a manager, a bit kind of like. I would Not like to Bobby see Bobby Heenan, but a kind of guy like that that's kind of like the manager, you know, the best guys. Uh, mm. He was manager of Matt Riddle and uh, Drew Gulak, and they were called Catchpoint. There was a, there was a few of them in the, in the faction. He was a manager of all them, and then he kind of moved to Timothy Thatcher. Uh, he has just debuted in WWE, and he's managing some seven foot three big basketball guy. Uh, they made their debut last That's, night. I've not seen that, but I've seen his picture. Yeah, he's giant. Oh, oh uh, something Omin Duan or something like. That. He's got some crazy Nigerian name, but I, I don't yeah. like I say it. Seven foot three manager, great. Also, another guy who's actually an insanely good manager, and I was amazed that they've went with that. Rob Echos or Rob Robbie E from TNA again. Uh, he is now managing the tag team mm-hmm. of uh, Dan Matha or Dan Matha, the big baldy guy. And the guy who used to be with Tino Sabatelli, the tag team, mm. you know, the Italian guy, yeah. I can't remember his name. They're a tag team, and he's he's the manager of them in NXT. Mm. Not made their debut on the TV yet, but he Robbie E is like a cruiserweight wrestler, so he can wrestle if he needs yeah. needs to. Uh, so I'm actually I'm actually enjoying. Um, I think on the last podcast, I've I briefly mentioned that I said I had a lot of promise, um, and. So far, they have been underutilised. Um, they've not been on the show much, but when they've had chances to shine, they've shown for me. And in the last few weeks, they've been on the show as um, Paige's tag team with Ashka and Carrison, the Kabuki Warriors. At the time, I didn't get it. Um, we said it, but like, I just don't get Paige being with them. But then I told you at the time, I seen an interview that Paige had and she explained why yeah. they do so. And I was like, actually, yeah, because... You know, a lot of, you know, in Japanese culture, the kind of manga type characters, etc. And Paige actually fits mm-hmm. that whole idea and look. And I was like, 
I kind of I, I do get it when when Paige actually explained it, um, and she does actually suit them. I just wish they were a heel tag team and not a face tag team because I think Paige doesn't really get involved in her matches. If they were heels, Paige would could get involved in the matches, mm-hmm. and I think that'd be a lot more interesting. So Paige has got. I mean, it's a shame she can't wrestle anymore, but you know, if, if she's going to be there, and I hope she she does stay because I I, I think Paige is great. Um, she's got a lot better on the bike over time as well. There's a lot of potential there for her as a, a valley, you know, through time and she can be there for a long time doing that. She doesn't have to stay with the Kabuki Warriors forever. She can go to, you know, new wrestlers when the time comes, etc. I would also like for nostalgia. Um, I do like a bit of nostalgia. And seeing as he is in charge of Raw, Paul Heyman could reform a dangerous alliance. You know, I think that would be great for Raw. Um, put Paul Heyman, he is in charge of it behind the scenes. Why don't they make it official well, on storyline? Say that you know Paul Heyman's in charge of Raw, Brock's his champion, and he can form a stable around Brock. And then over time, you know, not straight away. I mean, but we don't want to rush the storylines as WWE usually do. But I mean, further down the line, you could have his stable start to get a bit kind of you know pissed off that Brock's never about, and Paul Heyman's always pandering to Brock, and you know the other guys could become dissatisfied with it and potential for more storylines there as well. You know, there's a lot they can do with that. So I, I would like to see the Dangerous Alliance. I think that'd be pretty cool. There's a few people you could put into that. You know, we could spend all night, you know, suggesting who and what, but I think it'd be pretty cool. Um, it'd freshen up, not not a fresh stable as no, such, I but think you know, kinda, fresh for the, raw. The, I think there is a big need. I know you've got stables, so so to speak, like the club, mm. the worst name you could give a stable, even though I, I like all. It, but you know that kind of thing but I think there is room for a big ass heel stable of five six seven guys I think that'd be quite cool mm-hmm. um, I just want to go back to AEW because I, I didn't kind of really touch on the points I think yep. there's a couple of things that they're really doing wrong and they need to ad- address it quickly just because I think the the elite arse lickers can't forever keep supporting it and it's just one of them being every match needs to be half an hour super long you know there's a reason that some guys are the main event and some of the undercard and things like that I think to have every single match been really long can hurt you sometimes I also mm-hmm. think Jim Ross and the commentary team don't quite gel yet Yeah, that's something that can improve over time I think that I, I just keep listening to JR and it's maybe because he's in his mid 60s now you're kind of like oh, I don't know if maybe he's better suited now being behind the camera I just think he doesn't have the passion. Like you, you remember listening to him and it's like, damn him, and oh my God, Austin, he killed him, he killed him. Whereas now it's kind of like he's just kind of as if he's just doing it because he wants to kind of like, ah, fuck you, WWE for no using him sort of thing. Yeah. He doesn't have the same passion, I don't think. So there's just a couple of wee things. I also think that there's a real tipping point with the elite, the guys that are in the elite. I think, you know, very soon it might look like they've, they're just going to beat everybody all the time. Mm-hmm. And I know that Cody Rhodes drew with Darby Allen, and I know that, you know, there's been a couple of other little losses and things, but like Hangman Page is this pure main event guy who I don't really get what he's done to justify it, if that makes sense. Yeah. I, I just think that's it's a wee, it's a wee tiny, tiny issue that they just need to watch that the elite guys, because they all run the company, if they're all going to be the main event guys they beat everybody all the time, then is that not basically what everybody's slated WWE with Triple H for for mm-hmm. X amount of years? Uh, just WWE, just like I said, I'll just leave AEW just now, but I fucking hate Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch together. 
Yeah. Um, it's so it's fake, forced, phony shit. Yeah, I don't like it. Actually, the um, Lacey Evans and Corbin have better chemistry, eh, chemistry, chemistry. And, they're, and they're not an actual couple. Because yeah. it's not forced as such, it's just um, both of them are heels and it's part of the storyline, whereas it's very cringy with Seth and Becky. Uh-huh. It's like, it's, it's just very forced. I'll give you mm. something, I saw this um, actually the other day and I, I thought this was quite interesting. Right? So I'm going to name five things in WWE and I want you to tell me when or what what you think it is, right? So Brock Lesnar's world champion, mm. AJ Styles is the US champion, the New Day are the tag team champions. Kevin Owens versus Sami Zayn and Bray Wyatt versus Finn Balor. When I sell them, what do you think? On paper, um, it's actually great for me. You know, the, all stuff the, is happening now, though, isn't it? Yeah, the caliber of those guys and the talent that they have, and you know, they are top guys. You know, so if I was to tell you, if we were to rewind two years, so two years ago, Brock Lesnar was Universal Champion. Mm-hmm. He's Universal Champion now. Two years ago, AJ Styles was US Champion. He's US champion now. Two years ago, the New Day were tag team champions. They're tag team champions now. Two years ago, Shane McMahon and Kevin Owens were feuding. Remember the hell in a cell when Sami Zayn turned heel and pulled Kevin Owens out of the way? Mm-hmm. So that was two years ago, and they're surprised, feuding now. Uh, two years ago was the Demon versus Sister Abigail feud, uh, but they were booked for TLC. TLC and uh, surprise, uh, Bray Wyatt has jumped Finn Balor. So all that stuff that is happening now is two years old. It just proves that um, that that although they have all the talent in the world and they are top guys, that there's just nothing fresh right now. And well, there's a lack of imagination because there was one thing I was going to mention earlier, which I forgot to bring up because um, I think we went off on another tangent. Um, was that I think when we're talking about AEW, it's a bit easier for them to you know be fresh. Because they don't have a weekly show at the moment, with WWE it is a little bit harder. And you know, credit where it's due. I mean, they still manage to get a show. These shows producing every week, and you know, there's more missed than hit right now. But you know, now and again, they do put on it. I thought overall, Extreme Rules was a good show. The pay per views have been decent recently. Oh I think. well, Stomping Ground was brutal. There was a couple of good matches, mm. but the, the, it's not just. This is the thing. It's not just the matches on the pay per view. The matches on the pay per view were all of a decent quality, and, and you know, Seth Rollins had a big run against Will Ospreay and things that I, I wish we were doing the pod then to talk about. But it's just every match on the entire card I'd seen yeah. three or four times yeah. now. Mm-hmm. The the Baron Corbin, Lacey Evans, Seth Rollins, uh, Becky Lynch feud is it's done to mm-hmm. death. Now this has been since WrestleMania. These guys it's have been like feuding. four title shots. shots. Uh huh. And did Lacey Evans beat? Anybody at any point to become a number one contender? No, she just fit uh, Vince McMahon's perfect idea of a wrestler along the Alexa. And I like her. I, I, don't get me wrong. That's just like great. I think they've actually done the wrong thing with her. I seen somewhere about superhero type character, not an actual superhero, but you know she is an Ameri- an American hero. Um, she is a mother. She's got kids. She's still a wrestler. She looks great. She's beautiful. Um, she's com- came from a hard background. You know, her, you know she was abandoned more or less as a child you know I think her parents were alcoholics and stuff she had a really really tough upbringing so she enlisted herself in the army to escape it I mean what can a young girl you know does does that that, you know she's had a hard life and you could have totally built up her character around around all this Mm -hmm. she could have been a super baby face Um, I do get the heel work and I do enjoy her sometimes with the heel work but I just think there was an even bigger opportunity 
um, to actually have a genuine babyface that people actually do like. Do you think, frankly, um, though, that, that maybe the Thunderheel with the idea of the old bigger babyface when she finally does turn face? I was going to say that. I would, I would hope that um, they don't always show the forward planning. Um, but I would I hope on this occasion that the reason that they have put her as a heel first is that what I've just said, they will do it with her eventually, um, which will be great. So, But we'll see. You know. So I just want to quickly mention before we kind of move on to extreme rules and stuff, since we're kind of been recapping and catching up for the last few months, apologies for people like, oh, we've heard all this stuff, but um, two promotions I, I I went on record there saying I've not been watching WWE, but two shows that I have been watching pretty regularly is Impact Wrestling, still TNA, and uh, MLW, and I've got to say, man, it's so refreshing watching these shows. There's so many good young awesome wrestlers on these shows that it's I, I I know you might not have access to them but if you don't if you do it's bad that you're not watching them. MLW is so much fun. Um and it's so many stars of the future that are on that show. You've got the Heart mm. Foundation, you've got um the Dynasty <coughs> Contra, which is this like terrorist fucking group that come out um knocking fuck out of it. They're setting people on fire and all that the other week. Um you've got filthy Tom Lawler who's basically just like Matt Riddle except not as buff and not not a pure stoner, but like a kind of tattooed MMA guy who's been in UFC as well. You've got so many guys that are all just the Von Erics, so like um, the Von Erics next generation, the, the brothers have, have debuted as well. So it's like the Texas Tornadoes nephews are both in it and they're really, really good. Right. Uh, there's, there's just loads and loads of people in it. Um, one of the, the, the Samoan werewolf just won the world title. And he's related to, you know, he's part of Roman Reigns and the Usos and all that family. And he's built a fucking shithouse, man. He's like that. He's like basically Umaga. Mm-hmm. He's the exact same build as Umaga and just as good. There's an amazing moonsault off the top rope. So there's a lot of fucking good talent on that show. Impact Wrestling, Killer Cross, man. This guy, if WWE and AEW are not fighting over this guy, it's it's mental. He has money, absolute money. Um. And just there's loads of like Jordan Grace, you've got Tessa Blanchard, you've got LEX, who apparently have just finished up, and LEX are free agents. So expect to see them in WWE or AEW within months. You've got fucking, oh, you've got Sue Young, you've got, you know, just so many good talents and good storylines, and Eddie Edwards, and oh, it's, it's brilliant. It's really such good shows that I've been enjoying. Rob Van Dam came back, and so did Sabu and the Sandman and Tommy Dreamer. So it's like a wee ECW faction going against all the kind of younger guys and stuff. It's enjoyable and really, uh, it's it's time to start looking outside the WWE. Um, and there's good stuff going on. So I, I have been keeping up with wrestling, just not WWE yeah. stuff. So yeah, just just a wee shout out for those companies because I feel they're really entertaining. Uh, MLW is free or it's on free sports every Monday and every Saturday but Saturday is just a repeat so it's only an hour long show it's about like NXT um, so yeah just definitely check it out and TNA is free on Spike I think it's 5 Spike or whatever 5 USA or something see I was actually taping Impact for a while uh, and I was watching them um, I was maybe binge watching like 4 or 5 at a time sometimes but I was getting through them all and then all of a sudden they stopped recording and I don't know where it went because um, it's came off Challenge TV I think so it must have moved. That's what I mean. Like Challenge TV doesn't show it anymore. Yeah. Spike or Five yeah. USA. Whatever. So on a Friday night at ten o'clock. I think it was Five USA. Maybe it's like sometimes um, Raw and SmackDown stop recording for me sometimes because they change something on their. It happens like every 
now and again. They, do you know what it will something? be? You don't even realise it. It'll be Karen will be going through fucking <laughs> recording some mad film, and do you know that way you can only record cancels it. And hits cancel on something because after mm. Carol's done that a few times, I've I, I'll be I've done it a few times as well. Mm. And then you go, how come that's not recording anymore? It's because of that. Mm, it could be actually, might be. Because even yeah, if no, it's like a five minute overlap, it still does it. Because mm. I was watching Impact, I was catching up, and then all of a sudden, Man. I didn't realise it wasn't recording, and then it was like a month and a half later, and I started watching them again. And then they ended at a certain day. I think it was the start of April. And I was like, hold on a minute, where's the rest of the episodes? They're not there. I was like, shit, I stopped recording. Didn't even realise. So I need to start recording, need to start recording it again. And they're doing, the good thing that they're doing as well is a storyline with uh, OVE, Sammy Callahan, and the, the, the brothers and things like that. I um, hear that um, Scarlet Bordeaux left, though, so where's she going? That'd be interesting to see again, where she goes. I think uh, the rumour is that Killer Cross is trying to get, they're obviously a, a couple, mm-hmm. and they're, he's trying to get his contract as well, so I think that they are either WWE bound or more likely AEW bound. Mm-hmm. The reason I say more likely is because... She's more adult. She's more adult, and also, can you imagine Killer Cross going into WWE with the name Killer? It's uh, not going to happen, is it? So they're going to give him a terrible name. So I, th- I we'll just call him K Cross or something. Yeah, but he's he, Chris he's, Cross. <laughs> I would say out of everybody in in wrestling, he's probably my favourite guy. Watch, yeah. really, really like him. Um, but if you don't like MLW as well, it's phenomenal. Like you really, really have to at least check out a couple of times just just to give it a chance, man. It's really, really good. Mm. Um, moving on from that, then I guess let's just jump up to this week in wrestling since we're kind of you know we've kind of covered the last three months and what we've been doing and whatnot extreme rules now we've been going quite a long time so let's not do a full match by match but what was your overall couple of things to take away from it if you've watched it it's quite i quite enjoyed it um overall i know a lot of people don't like it but uh i did like brock cashing in at the end for the pop um i mean you can't argue the guy does get a pop when he comes down, partly down to Heyman, doing a good job. And a very and, good point here, without being sorry to cut you off, yeah. but see when you think back to like the mid-90s, 95, 96, and people say that oh, it's Diesel and Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels were the reason WWE wasn't drawn, they weren't they weren't like big enough draws. Mm-hmm. Can you not say the same then for Seth Rollins? WWE's had the worst ratings in its entire history in these last three or four months, and I get it's not just Seth Rollins, but if he's the main man on Raw... Does some of the blame not fall on him as well? Yeah, I, I think he does, I think he puts on great matches. Um, he's suffering from, um, as you mentioned, um, not having fresh matches, not having fresh opponents, regurgitating the same storylines, getting saddled with the Becky storyline. So it's not always his fault. Kofi as, you said, as well, I'm sorry. Kofi yeah. Kingston as world champion sucks balls. It's boring. Oh, I'm waiting for the big E heel turn, which will be great if it happens. Um, I, I think it's too late now. I think yeah. it'll, it's got to happen, but I think... See if it happened at WrestleMania, it would have exploded, man. Mm-hmm. They'd have hot as fuck food, and it's just like I just think it's 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 going to be still going to be good, but it's going to be from a main event white hot food to an intercontinental belt level. Yeah, feud. yeah. So no, I, I, I didn't, I didn't, I enjoyed Brock getting the title. Um, it was it was good, and I did part of the, the reason I did enjoy it is because I was hoping they weren't going to just drag it on for months and months. You know, he's going to appear, he's going to appear, and then he doesn't appear. But we kind of guessed he was going to appear that night because it was in Philadelphia and Heyman, you know, ECW Philadelphia, Paul Heyman, etc. That whole link. And I thought, nah, we're definitely going to see Brock Knight, surely. Uh, so it did happen, which was great. 
actually enjoyed the opening match. I was worried about it because Roman Reigns, I mean, don't want to go on about how I don't really enjoy Roman Reigns as such, but I do appreciate, you know, a lot of times some of the best matches do involve him. Mm. I felt that the match I wasn't holding up, holding out much hope for. Shane and Drew, you know, again, I wasn't really enjoying Shane's storylines up until the last few weeks with Kevin Owens. So it wasn't something, and after Undertaker's um, fight with Brock, Brock Lesnar, sorry, uh, Goldberg, sorry, in Saudi, mm-hmm. I wasn't holding out much hope, was a bit worried about it, but I actually really enjoyed it. I thought it was a good match, and I think Undertaker looked really good. He looked a lot better. I think he was out on a mission to show that, you know, what happened in Saudi wasn't him, wasn't down to Absolutely. him. Absolutely. Uh, I felt he was, he was, he was determined. In match, he was phenomenal. Yeah. He, was, he was determined to show that he still got it. He can, if he's got the right opponents in the ring, he, he can still put on a decent match, which was good because I was worried for him. I was, I was like, is this how the legacy of Undertaker is going to play out now? These kind of matches with guys like Goldberg and it's just going to ruin the memory a little bit, tarnish it a little bit. Um, because at one point, I've said that a few times when I was at WrestleMania a few years ago and you had that match with Roman Reigns, I felt as though when he left the boots and hat in the ring that that was it. And if he was going to come back, it should have been as the as the biker taker, which would have been interesting. Yeah, but it didn't happen. Still, the Undertaker, and at first I didn't agree with it. I still think he would have been better doing it the, the the Biker Taker, but he's still shown that he's got it. And that match, I mean, after the matches with Shawn Michaels and Triple H and Kane as well, the tag team match and Saudi, the Saudi matches have kind of put a little damper on his legacy in the last year or year and a half. I mean, it's not going to ruin his legacy as such. I might be a bit harsh by saying that, but just the last few years of his legacy, I mean. But that match, uh, Mixed Dream Rules, wasn't a classic or anything, but it just showed that he can still do it, and it was enjoyable, and he can put on a good show, and he's still a draw, and the fans were fired up for it. So, that's, yeah, um, that's, I enjoyed it. I was going to say and he's given up. Drew a rub as well. Drew needs a bit of a rub. And in the ring with guys like Roman Reigns and, mm. and Undertaker's good for but, Drew as well, although he's losing, but... He's, you know, he's losing too much now, though. Yeah, he needs to start picking up a few wins. He's very close to that Dolph Ziggler, like, you lose too much that you're you're considered a, an upper mid-card guy just because of who you're wrestling, but if you never ever beat mm-hmm. them, you kind of give up on the guy, you know? I know that it was Shane that took the pin, but this is another thing as well. Like, people slag off Shane McMahon and all that, but he's 49. Mm-hmm. You know, if, you're, if you're giving props to The Undertaker for being 53 or whatever it is, then... Surely Shane McMahon is fucking phenomenal for what he's doing. You know, yeah. I think he does not get the credit he deserves. His punches are terrible, right? That is, they're so fake looking. But for the amount of effort he puts in, superb work. I've got to say, I, I, I dig Shane. I like what he's doing. Drew, though, that's my big concern. He's losing constantly. Roman Reigns must have beat him four or five times now. And then he keeps like, it's never over, Roman. I'm going to finish you. But then like Roman beats mm. him again. For these storylines to make sense, these guys have to lose now and again. Drew should Otherwise, be able to beat Roman and vice versa. Roman can beat Drew, Drew can beat Roman. They should have a, a, a ding-dong battle similar to something maybe that um, Cesaro and Sheamus had a few years back before they became a tag team. You know, Sheamus and Cesaro could beat each other on any given night. And with guys like Roman and Drew, they should be equally matched. Going by their size and their in-ring ability, they should be equally matched. So they should be able to beat each other on any given night. There's, it's the same guy. There's, there's a problem, like I say, it's, to me, there's the same guys who keep losing but keep being in the main event. Like another one, Bobby Lashley must lose 90% of the matches I've seen him in. And I actually quite enjoyed his match with Braun Strowman. I thought it was quite entertaining. <laughs> no, that, that, that was quite cool. Last, um, Braun Strowman, though, possibly the biggest come down in a wrestler. 
who was seemingly destined to be the world champion ever. Does well, anybody give a fuck about Braun, Braun Strowman now? I've, I've said a few times um previous podcasts, for most of this year, uh, Braun Strowman has been the favourite to be WWE champion by the end of the year. And I'm just going to check and see if that still is the case, which would be interesting because, as you said, he's had such a downfall in the last few months, uh, in the last six months, that it's hard to imagine him being the champion now. Because he's... like this has obviously been a back and forth between you and me over the podcast, but do you actually care though? Like, mm. are you still a fan of his? Does he do anything that makes you go? Oh, he's I don't. Amazing. I don't really think it's he's, it's down to him as much, but no, that he, he has kind of worn thin. Uh, and I'm just checking the odds. Yeah, the odds on who will be champion after Brock Lesnar um, is Braun Strowman is a favourite and Seth is second. You know, so I can't imagine Braun yeah. beating Brock Lesnar. Nah, I don't want. I don't want either of them. I'd rather Brock just kept it. To be honest, mm. I want something new to win it. And yeah. I know Braun's never won it before anyone says that, but I want somebody who's not even in the main event scene to just mm. like explode on and like 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 I said, like Drew. But Drew loses too much to care. Like I want Samoa Joe, or I want one of these guys. Um, other than that, I mean the the main thing we've not really covered, and it's been the biggest news in terms of WWE is obviously. The announcement a couple of weeks ago that Paul Heyman is taking over Raw and uh, Eric Bischoff amazingly is coming back to take over Smack. Uh, what is? I mean, the rumours are that Paul Heyman is it's going to be a slow transition, so it's not like next week Paul Heyman runs Raw and does everything he wants. It's going to be like a handover. Uh, so apparently Paul Heyman began that last week, although he has been involved in storylines before that, whereas Eric Bischoff begins this week or maybe next week. So mm. what is your, your take on that? I mean, obviously, traditionally, it was the other way around. Heyman was a SmackDown guy and Bischoff was the Raw guy, but good, bad? Good. I, I would like but um, I would like them to be on screen as well because both are great. Well, Heyman is on screen with Brock, but I'd like to see Heyman do more than just Brock because mm-hmm. um, he's fantastic on the mic. Um, not that I want to do, to do too much and then we start complaining. We get what we want, then we start moaning he's on it too much and then we're fed up because he's always on the mic. But I don't mean it like that. I mean as in different storylines with different people and get some stable going yeah. with them. Um, so, you know, I think Heyman will do that perfectly. Um, get Heyman on the mic, get him on a stable, Dangerous Alliance or something similar to that. Um, even have, like, what would be real interesting. Again, WWE won't do this because they're not that good half the time, but um, a great stable would be Paul Heyman's Dangerous Alliance and Triple H starts bringing up, you know, Guys for like NXT and stuff, or guys that are already there who are who are from NXT, and start having a Triple H versus Paul Heyman type thing going on. Mm-hmm. I think that would be great. Then you'd have your kind of random denominations like Bray Wyatt doing his thing, you know, not really siding with anyone. Um, you know, the major baby faces like Seth not siding with anyone, kind of thing. But I think that would be quite good for Raw. Great storyline on a weekly basis. Triple H v Paul Heyman. Hey, hey, Triple H just gets his NXT guys. Heyman's got his Dangerous Alliance guys, and then you've got all the guys in between, like who don't side with anyone, like your Becky Lynch's, your Seths, your your Bray Wyatt's, etc. So I think that would be great. And Bischoff doesn't have to do the same thing. He doesn't have to do the exact same thing for a stable. Bischoff can just be an on-screen character like he was before, because he's fantastic. He's great. Um, just doing, you know, what Shane and Daniel Bryan were doing before. Yeah. Get Bischoff on with McMahon. Get Bischoff clashing with Shane. You know. Um, a bit of a ding dong back and forth between Bischoff and Shane McMahon. I would enjoy that. You know? no, totally. Sh- Shane, can I can I try to rub it in? You know, he bought his company off him maybe back when WWE bought WCW. They done that whole storyline when Vince bought it, but it was actually Shane that bought it, and 
you know, Shane can throw that in Bischoff's face and Bischoff could get pissed off about that. And so you'd have Bischoff try to set matches up to piss Shane off I and think, vice versa. I think, you know, that'd be I good. I think for me, the thing is the concept of having a, a weekly guy or girl who comes out and sets up all the matches and all that sort of stuff mm. is, it needs a rest. Mm. But if it's a guy, see like kind of what William Regal does in NXT and you see him maybe once every mm-hmm. four or five weeks and it's basically because there's been an issue and he just kind of clarifies what's going on and all that and just kind of lays it all down and disappears. He's not involved in the storyline. Mm. Something like that, I'm quite down for it. But I don't want to see Paul Heyman week after week coming out and having a feud with a wrestler and all that and it's like mm. he's going to throw heels against them and obstacles. I, I just want it to be... He's just the authority figure. He's not biased or whatever, you know, that sort of I thing. think with Bischoff, he doesn't have to start appearing straight away. They can let the whole Shane McMahon storylines play out for. Uh, once when Shane's done with what he's doing, with like the likes of Kevin Owens, and if he's got some other programme with someone after that, maybe even see Drew turn on Shane, maybe, possibly, that might be cool. Um, so once all his storylines play out, Shane might want a break for a while, you know, six months, a year, whatever. Um, maybe just turn up at WrestleMania as a lot of the guys do, and then that's when Bischoff can step forward and take over the on-screen role. Mm, so, totally. so yeah, no, I like that. I, I like the fact that guys are on these shows. I think it's promising. Um, not expecting miracles because it's WWE, but I mean, at least the quality on a weekly basis should improve. Well, here's hoping. I think it's it makes sense to have Bischoff doing. Um, you know, the SmackDown side because it's moving to Fox and he's better at dealing with producers and all that sort of stuff. So I think that's kind of the reasoning for it, mm-hmm. you know. Same hotel, but it's, it's, it's good. It'll be interesting to see. We can't judge it until it gets started. So, you know, let's let's be patient. And apparently yeah, Fox man. Fox wants SmackDown to be not sports entertainment, but um, sports. So it'll be interesting to see what if the product changes to accommodate and how that would look. Yeah, aye. But like I say, from the next few weeks on, we'll try and cover that and see how it goes. But, you know, we're, we're kind of open to it, you know, seeing, mm. seeing it in a progressive way. Um, so we're just going to start wrapping up in terms of this week's news. And The only kind of major bits of news uh, this week is obviously, first of all, EM Punk has been announced as the star attraction of the Starcast 3 convention, yep. which is that month, which has fueled a lot of controversy in terms of Starcast is big links to AEW. Conrad Thompson's the guy that runs it and whatnot, but he's kind of worked for AEW a little bit, and a lot of AEW guys are back and forth with it. It's going to be in Chicago, so it's like, is he going to appear? Do you think? What's your thoughts on it? It's obviously his first kind of W, not his first mm. wrestling related uh, yeah. thing. Also, he'll be in the same left. building as Colt Cabana as well, which will be interesting. Mm hmm. Yep. Um, I don't know. I'm still undecided. I mean, I think there is a chance. I mean, AEW did seem to be hinting, you know, with the, the way they advertised their pay per view in Chicago, uh, that they, they were kind of possibly teasing CM Punk, and now it's just added fuel to the fire. So I think there's a real possibility, but I'm still going on what, you know, we've, we've had high hopes in the past. I wouldn't pin too much on it, but I would probably say about 50 50 at this moment. Uh, I guess it's just going to come down to money. So I've always I've always said I, I fully expect in the course of history, it might not be this show, but I would say it's a good chance it will be, but I think he will appear. Mm-hmm. But see fans that now think he's going to come back and wrestle week in, week out and all yeah. that, you're delusional because he's got enough projects on the go. I mean, he had a horror film out a couple of months ago. He does uh, commentary for mixed martial arts and another not UFC company. 
He's done, you know, reality TV show. He's got so much going that there's no, there's no way he's going to come back and wrestle. He might, he might nah. do a match years down the line, but I think, I think he'll make an appearance. He might be in the crowd and kind of wave and stuff, or maybe hit somebody with a chair or something. You know? What yeah. I mean? Obviously, the other, uh, the, a little health update in Harley Race, legendary world champion. Actually, uh, he's been very unwell for quite, quite some time. He was hospitalised over the weekend or so, but there's been an update. Just for anyone that's an old school wrestling fan, the eight time world champion. There's been no news, but this means that no news is good news, though. He had a bit of an increase in health today, um, but still not out the woods yet. He's a mm. world champion, not just his ability to wrestle. Thanks to all for the continuing support. It's been an insane amount. It's crazy to see a situation like this bring out the masses of people who care. T shirts are selling well, but if you want to, you know, help him out with these medical bills, then you can go to Harley Race on his Twitter account. He's got an official Twitter, the one that replied to us back in the day. He's got a just given, like, donate, like, buy a t-shirt and it goes to his medical fund. So anyone who wants to do that, we yeah. do it. Final point then, obviously next week is the Raw reunion, which is kind of odd that they kind of just threw this out here a week, but uh, it's got a shitload of famous people coming back. Um, have you seen the list? Or do you want me to kind of read Melina. it Melina. Well, I was. She was one of the ones I was keen to talk about. Yeah. Um, a lot of people have been mentioned. There's apparently three people have. I don't know why, but well, one even, one or two of them you can probably guess. But three have turned it down. Okay. Those being uh, Jr. Who apparently was allowed AEW were going to let him go. Yeah. And he turned it down. Uh, Bully Ray, Bubba Ray. Uh, apparently he turned it down. Obviously he works for Ring of Honor as well, so you like, but there's a bit of a conflict there. And Brett the Hitman Hart yep. turned it down, but there's no news as to why. The other names, are, I've got the full list here as of yesterday, so I'm going to read the list out and just... A lot of them is the same guys. Are do you, do you think that Brett Hart might be connected to what happened? To him at the hill? And he maybe somehow blames WWE for that? Because you know how Brett likes to carry a grudge sometimes. <laughs> no, I know. I, I, I really... Until I read today that he wasn't doing it, I was a bit like, "Oh, come on, Brett! Like, why are you not there?" Like, yeah, I feel like he's kind of, I don't know, man. I just feel it's it's quite sad that Brett doesn't appear. I know he did the Hall of Fame, but mm-hmm. I feel it's almost like the the heart legacy and what they gave to re- WWE wrestling, not just wrestling, but WWE, is slowly being eliminated. Like, if you look at the opening credits, see when it's three. WWE sign and it goes through all the legends and all that. Yeah. Bret Hart used to be on it and now he's not. You don't have the Bulldog on it, you don't have Owen on it and all that. It's, it's like they're just slowly but surely vanishing and Brett's the only one but obviously Natalia's there but you know Brett not doing it. It's like again it's just another wee thing when it's all I don't know man it's just sad but um, I'll read out the list of people who are confirmed to attend so Uncle yep. Steve Austin, Hulk Hogan Ric Flair, Shawn Michaels Razor Ramon, Diesel slash Kevin Nash, Kurt Angle, Sergeant Slaughter, Christian, Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase, Eric Bischoff, Boogeyman, Jimmy Hart, The Hurricane, Santino Morella, Jerry Lawler, Devon Dudley, Booker E, X-Pac, Mark Henry, Mick Foley, Pat Patterson, Gerald Briscoe, Lillian Garcia, Alundra Blaze slash Medusa, Kelly Kelly, Rikishi, eh, Farouk slash Ron Simmons, The Godfather, Road Dog, Sid Justice, and also, just recently announced Triple H. Don't know why he's really counting because we don't know he's there anyway. Melina, Jillian Hall, Eve Torres, Jonathan Coachman, Caitlin, Alicia Fox, and Candice Michelle. So, what is your thoughts about all of that? Um, that, Who are you looking forward to? I, that, Who you don't care about? 
I enjoy a nostalgia show, so I'm, I'm all for it. I'm um, looking forward to the NWO reunion that will be surely happening there. Um, you've got Razor Ramon, Nash and Hulk Hogan. So I'm going to guess there's going to be an NWO type reunion. Um, I hope I hope it's not so much a DX thing because we've had that recently. So I'm hoping like NWO. Either, so it's going to be a little weird if they yeah. yeah, so hopefully it's an NWO one this time, not a, not a DX type thing. Um, I can't say I'm not looking forward to anyone, um, really, because I do enjoy the ball um, the in terms of nostalgia. Like I say, the main ones. Oh, are maybe the boogeyman. But you know, I did like the boogeyman, but I hate the whole. Thing. I think it's. I think it's smigging, So I just don't yeah. want to see that. The main ones that I am looking for, obviously Austin. Always now, the rumors are going round. It's going to be Austin Kevin Owens is going to have a segment, mm-hmm. which makes sense because they're trying to make Kevin Owens a new Austin. So that that will probably happen. Uh, I'm excited. Always excited to see Christian. Always excited to see Kurt Angle. Uh, Eric Bischoff, purely for the fact, is he going to? do something that could lead to a storyline since he's taken over for SmackDown sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm excited to see... Um, let me see. I, was, I would say Mick Foley, but Mick Foley kind of shows up every couple of months anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sid. I'm really excited to see Sid. And uh, the ones that they that I'm surprised they brought back, the ones that they don't normally bring back, like Melina, Gillian Hall, Eve Torres, yep. um, Candice Michelle, they're the ones I'm going... I'm kind of going to be happy. I hope they don't just do what they did the last Backstage time. Backstage sec- and you know, when they just wheeled the woman out and they just all waved mm-hmm. hands at the crowd and then left. I hope they actually mm-hmm. let them do something. When you actually, the one that does puzzle me... When you actually say, though, that uh, Sid's going to be there, um, now that I'm thinking about it, I didn't, I'm not that bothered by the boogeyman, mm-hmm. but I'd love to see a segment between Sid and the boogeyman. That'd be good. <laughs> that would be funny. The one that does pu- puzzle me in that list, though, and I don't know if you picked up on it, Alicia Fox. Uh, why is she? Um, she is she that ex person? I was going to say that to you. I didn't know if that was a wee typo or something in the thing. She no. is surely still an active wrestler. She's it's not been announced otherwise. So is that their way of saying that she's not an active wrestler anymore? I don't know. Yeah. So I, I was I was curious to that, and I'll be curious to see how they handle her in terms mm-hmm. of if she just comes out and wastes the crowd, then I take it that's her done. Mm-hmm. If she comes out and does something leads to a match or whatever, then it's obviously just I've been away to try and I'm thinking maybe our recent problems, she's maybe regressed, possibly, and they've just spent that's it. Yeah. So time will tell. Anyway, uh any other major things before we get to our final year three segment? Nothing major, nope. Nothing. Well, just to close, every year now I, I, this is actually the fourth uh year actually, but we're beginning our fourth year. Uh, this it's is not four years, but if you if you say beginning or fourth year, then but it's not been four years. That's what I mean. <laughs> that, surely not. But I was I was the reason I was saying that was to clarify for our induction list. So obviously every year from our very first episode, we have done our job or hall of fame. Do you know what actually freaked me out yesterday? Uh-huh. I was on Netflix and I was looking for a movie to watch, and I seen The Fellowship of the Ring, and I didn't watch it, but I noticed that it came out in two thousand and one. And that was 18 years ago, and it kind of freaked me out a wee bit. Half your life, yep, more scarily. Uh, but the reason the reason that I mentioned that was because obviously this is the fourth inductions to it, even though we've only completed three years. So I just wanted to try and clarify this is our fourth year coming up before people go, How come you 2016, 17, 18, 19, you know, four years? Something. Mm. Uh, so our old school inductees this year, we always have two of them and then we'll we'll put it to a vote for our final inductee, which is the current, you know, the biggest jobber of the year kind of thing. It's called the Harvey Whippleman Award. Our 
inductees for uh, past achievements of jobberism. Uh, Jim Powers. Now, you might not remember Jim Powers, but he was, uh, if you remember, the Wild Stallions tag team with Paul yeah. Roma. The, Super, the, he's built like a mini Texas tornado. He dressed in up. red, didn't he? Red tights. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. He, he also he moved to WCW in, in the mid-90s. He was like a pure mega jobber. He was such a jobber that he was in, you know, the film The Wrestler? Mm-hmm. He is one of the wrestlers in the background, just being a jobber. Uh, so Such a jobber? He, he's a jobber in a movie? Exactly. <laughs> But he was like a jobber that got a push, so you know he was one that I thought you know kind of merited being inducted to this because it's long overdue and time will tell if, if he went you know on to bigger things. But he's not, so he's our induction, our first inductee. Congratulations to him. Our second inductee will be a lot more famous to people of current wrestling, and that is James Ellsworth. Now, James Ellsworth is so current; he was an uh, you know eligible candidate a year ago for the. Harvey Whippleman Award, mm-hmm. but obviously he's left WWE now. He's not quite retired, but uh, given his past allegations, I can never. Yeah, see him I was really just going to say that. Even if people say, "Oh, he's a current wrestler," but yeah, but I don't think you'll see him again because of what happened. So, um, whether he's innocent or guilty, WWE won't touch him. I think so. Uh, yeah. I know people will point to, well, you know, he's not a jock. He beat Styles two or three times or whatever, but. Uh, Let's be honest, he was a jobber. Mm. He, he didn't beat him by like pinning ages. It was the whole circumstances around the feud that AJ was in at the time and he kept getting screwed and he just kept landing on him or like AJ got counted out and all that and he just happened to still be in the ring sort of thing. So he's a complete jobber, uh, but a lovable jobber at the time. Um, so, you know, what's your favourite memory of James Ellsworth? The gulp when he gets smashed to death off a... Who, was it Braun that killed him? Who was it? Who was the guy that killed him that made him famous? Ah, uh, it was Brun. I'm sure it was Brun. Uh, pure gulped, and it was uh, like he's got no chin. Yeah, I, I think my best memory of him was when he um, helped Carmella win the yeah, the no, briefcase for Money in the Bank because a lot of the marks were going absolutely crazy over it. They were outraged. I just thought it was funny. <laughs> exactly. I mean, you can't get much more of a job that you're Carmella's fucking bitch boy. Mm-hmm. Um, so that leads us to the. Uh, we're going to put this to. You. You, the Twitter and Facebook and blah, blah, blah listeners, is the current, so basically the jobber of the year. So who's been the biggest jobber in wrestling this year? Now, obviously, there's loads of guys we don't know, but so generally this tends to be a WWE wrestler. Um, We've got two nominees each. So, Buff, if you want to go over your first two in detail, why? Yep. um, So my first one, let's double check. Just make sure I'm not saying your ones. So my first one would be uh, Liv Morgan. I'm actually um, kind of gutted that I'm nominator for it, but um, fact is, she is a jobber. I can't remember the last match she won. Um, I do think she is great. I think she's uh, stunning. Um, I think she's hot. Um, I do like her character. She's kind of like a Harlequin type character, I suppose. Bit of a misfit. But I think she's fun. I think she's got good uh, personality. She does have potential. Whether she'll ever get to where she wants to be or where... Maybe people feel she deserves to be. I don't know. But, again, she would be a good value as well. In terms of wrestling, no. And we can only go on past year, um, past history. She's been a total jobber. Even in NXT, she was a bit of a jobber as well. And not so much in the SmackDown and Raw roster, but when she was in the NXT, she was actually a bit of a Alexa Bliss rip-off at the time. Okay. Yeah. I so I would rip-off. It was kind of like a combination of both, wasn't it? Yeah. A little bit like Alexa Bliss, but yeah, when you actually look back, yeah, more so Carmella. So she actually was, she's able to um, develop her own character now, which is actually impressive when you think about it, considering that 
that's what you're meant to do when you're in NXT, not when you're on the main roster. But so no, she's done well with the character as such. But in terms of in the ring, she is a jobber. Um, so unfortunately, regrettably, um, I'm nominating Love Morgan as much as I enjoy her. She is a jobber. Second nominee, not a one individual nominee, but um, it's actually a stable. But I'm going to nominate the Lucha House Party, and basically they do all kind of blend into the one character because you can't really distinguish one from another. And it is unfortunate because these guys are talented, but the fact is they are just used for enhancing other talent. And they job out every week, every time you see them, they're fighting guys three on one, and they still can't win. And so that in itself just proves that they are total jobbers. So again, unfortunately, regrettably, I do think they are good wrestlers, but they've had no character development, and they all kind of blend into the one thing for me. So Lucha House Party is my other nominee. My two nominees... First of all is Mike Kanellis. Uh, the reason for that is he was based barely on TV and whenever he did, he got bitched out completely. Then all of a sudden, randomly, about four or five weeks ago, he got a bit of a storyline and he was putting a competitive match and it seemed like things were going to turn up for him, but it, nothing came of it. So it's like the ultimate sign of a jobber that he's just snows dive back down again and it's just, it's just not working out for him. It's a shame because if anyone watched what he did in TNA, uh, and obviously Ring of Honor before that, he's definitely got a lot of talent, he's good in the mic, he's got a good build and I know he's had his troubles with addiction and things, mm. but it's just not working for him. One thing time. I would say for him though, which I totally forgot about, which I've, and I haven't seen it, but there may be some hope for him, because apparently on 205 Live he is involved in a storyline with Drake Maverick mm-hmm. um, so he, I mean I don't know what the results of his matches are but he might actually be on course for some sort of push not on the main roster, but on 205 Live. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have seen that if you do well enough in 205 Live, you can get that push on the main roster, like Ali and um, Buddy Murphy have recently, uh, Cedric Alexander, etc. So maybe in time um, he can come out of the jobber zone, but at the moment he's definitely a jobber. Final one is Eric Young. And it's purely because, you know, insanity with this kind of really cool, I thought, promising faction nothing came of it. The moment they get put up to the main roster, they just dissolved and everybody else's, you know, Alexander Wolfs went to NXT UK and Killian Danes went back to NXT and Eric Young's just languishing. Even though he's like, he's, I think he's, you know, he's looks pretty good. He's kind of well built and he's got good tattoos and blah, 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 but just never get his shoes and I just feel sorry for him. But his, his win-loss ratio was ridiculous just to help people decide. Um, I looked up, there's a website that's basically all win-loss records. And of the guys who have wrestled more than like 20 matches this year, Eric Young has wrestled 23 times, a 95.7 loss ratio percentage. Liv Morgan is the equal per loss percentage, but she's actually wrestled 46 times, so she's lost more. That helps people sum it up, yeah. But they've got the same percentage of loss rates, so it's, it's interesting that way. The other guys that we've mentioned, obviously, are, are on that list as well, but they are yeah. by far the two highest, just to help you kind of sort that out. Anything else then, Buff? Uh, we'll put that to the Twitter vote and see who, and we'll announce the, the winner next time. Nothing for us. week, I think we've covered most things. Oh, came, back and, yep, came back and informed people, uh, you know, gave them a reason why we've not been on and discussed a length, so I think we're good. Okay. Uh, okay. Next, next week, we'll bring a few segments back. Good afternoon, good evening, and good night, you beautiful Marky bastards. We're back, and we're glad to be back on a regular basis. Fingers crossed from now, touch wood. Stay-